Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy, and welcome back to Recovery Guy Podcast. I'm excited that you have joined us today, and we're going to jump right in in just a couple of minutes. I, I know that sounds contradictory, but you know me. Uh, I love to chat and warm things up just for a moment before we get started. Um, in the next week or so, as soon as I understand the logistics and how to lay it out, we are going to do our semi-annual fundraising event where I've got some mugs and some drawstring bags and some branded wrist bracelets for you. And I'll let you know what the details of that are. So um, be praying about what you can do to help fund this Recovery Guy outreach as I look to travel and share the message of hope. And I don't like to charge, whether it's my coaching or my speaking, uh, I like that to be funded, and and certainly your help in the past has been instrumental, and so we're going to let you know what that looks like in the next week or so. Hey, huge shout out to my new TikTok followers. Uh, if you're on TikTok and you want to follow me and share in this message and comment, it's at Recovery Guy. So we're adding that to the mix. So now we have uh, YouTube, a real Recovery Guy. Of course, we have uh, Real Recovery Guy, uh, actually recoveryguy.org on my website, Recovery Guy Podcast on your major podcast channels, uh, recovery underscore guy on Instagram, uh, the Recovery Guy on uh, Facebook, and at recoveryguy1986 on Twitter. I know that's a lot, but thank you for your following. Again, shout out to the new TikTok family. Uh, I appreciate your friendship, your kindness, your follows, your comments, and an opportunity to jump in live uh, on your live TikTok sessions. You know, the golden rule, have you heard that before? Maybe you've heard of the golden rule. Maybe you know what it is. Maybe you don't. Um, now, according to Wikipedia, I want to make sure I get this right because I know what it means to me. But according to that, the golden rule, and I love this because it is a principle, right? It is the principle of treating others as one wants to be treated, right? You with me there? It's a principle. Um, it is a matter that is found in most religious and cultures, and if you're involved in a religion, you understand how treating others is so important. And a culture would be like a 12-step culture. We're not certainly not a religion, and we're only as organized as we need to be. Matter of fact, one of the traditions says our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. So we don't even have anything from the top down telling us they're just guidelines to practicing and representing um, our method of recovery consistently. So... Uh, no one is caught off guard. Matter of fact, no one, no one person, there's not one 
um, uh, spokesperson for AANAOAGA where there might be the Pope, there might be some religious head at some of the religious um, sections or sectors, uh, and that's perfectly fine. But in 12-step recovery, there is not a spokesperson for it. But it is to be considered uh, an ethic of reciprocity, re- of, of being reciprocal, returning for that which we were given. And in some religions, although some different religions treat it differently, and and actually what it is, it is a way of understanding how to approach others. And let me give you a little bit of background on that. Uh, as as so many of you know, and you've heard my story. Uh, my story includes a relapse. And let me make this perfectly clear that relapse is not part of recovery. Many people have said that it is. I'm here to dispel that myth. Relapse is part of my addiction. Relapse, going back out and drinking or using or engaging in another destructive behavior is not part of recovery. It would be like Me saying that moving backwards is part of moving forward. Climbing up is part of climbing down. That there is darkness in light or light in darkness. No, that's not true. Just because you can get your water temperature to be temped or to be comfortable does not mean that you can move backward as you're moving forward. You're either going forward or you're going backward. Even if you stay in the middle, and you're not going to be able to stay in the middle too long, right? Matter of fact, uh, going back to the example of water, if I, because I have a water tank, I don't have an endless supply of hot water. If I stay at a medium temperature long enough, my hot water does not replenish itself. And over time, that warm water will become cold. And that's just the way it is. You know, there's a biblical principle about being lukewarm. And and in life, life is uphill. And so I'm only allowed to coast for a particular amount of time Because eventually, my friend Earl and I were chatting about this yesterday on his TikTok, Um, eventually I'm going to go backwards. Gravity dictates that. If I don't put a force against the forces trying to move me backward, then eventually I will go backward because I can only have that resistance for so long. So the golden rule, doing unto others right? Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. And we can apply that not only in a personal relationship standpoint with friends, family members, co-workers, loved ones, significant others, and whatnot. We can also apply that to the universe. So if you're a person who believes in God reciprocating, your higher power giving you what you've been given— or maybe you're a naturalist, you believe in the laws of the universe, almost like a law of attraction, what you put out, you get back, Uh, then you can agree with this as well. So I think there will be a universal understanding for us here. But let me go ahead and share that story if, if we've got enough impact. So 
when I relapsed at 71 days on uh, uh, April 19th uh, of 1986, and I came back to the program of recovery on April 25th of 1986, and by the grace of God and the fellowship of this program, I have been clean and sober uh, ever since that matter of fact, as I record this, it's 13,098 days for me. When you're going to hear this on Tuesday as it's released, it'll be 14,000 days for me of consecutive sobriety, one day at a time, make a decision not to drink or use, not to engage in a destructive behavior that would ruin everything about me up to and including taking my own life. So when I got back to the rooms of recovery, I was very afraid because more than ever, I became, I, I came to understand the depth of my addiction and my destructive behavior and the insanity that promoted all of it. Thank God, step two in most recovery programs and in most approaches to change is believing that the life we were living was insane and we needed a restoration to sanity. You know, some of us have never been sane at all or felt like that, so it's the first time, but you get what I'm saying here. So, so as I'm going through and going back to my meetings and listening and learning and trying to process all the things that I was reading and hearing and seeing, a fear came over me, and that fear was to never relapse again because I came face to face with my addiction. And as much as I was driven to recovery on February 9th, obviously I didn't feel I was powerless enough or that my life had become unmanageable because I ended up drinking and using again. So when I came back, I had another emotional and spiritual bottom that gave me a, a wake-up call even more so than February 9th. February 9th of 1986 was the initial wake-up call that moved me into treatment. Uh, April 25th and thereafter, as I was coming back into recovery, was my wake-up call to begin working the program of recovery as it was designed to be worked, right? Again, quoting the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous or any, any program of recovery, it says, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. So we could not be a half measured. Again, I could not think that moving forward was, was um, conducive to moving backward, right? I'm either moving forward or I'm moving backward. If I'm in place, I will eventually move backward if I don't make a decision to move forward. So after I had been working the program and my sponsor, Max, had had moved away, and now it was Jack Fisher. God rest his soul, Jack died of, of cancer um, in January of uh, 2019 and with 44 years of personal recovery, and I love him and miss him on a regular basis. He was my example, my primary example to personal recovery as well as Buddy and Eddie and Steve M and Scott Shields and Slow Will, my sponsor, of course. So I come from a great lineage, a great example of what I'm going to talk to you about today, doing unto others, that golden rule. So I came to Jack 
And I said, Jack, I, you know, we want a magic pill. We want a panacea. We want that one-stop shopping, as it were. Obviously, I would need to do a number of things on my road to recovery. But I wanted, if Jack, if you could tell me anything that would help ensure that I would never relapse again, that I would never go backward as I was trying to move forward, what would that be? And Jack essentially told me it was the golden rule. He told me, Robert, if you want to ensure your permanent one day at a time recovery, and I do believe in permanent sobriety, there's a caveat to that. We're going to talk about it. If you want that assurance, as much of assurance that you can possibly get, the answer lies in service. Jack went on to tell me, and I, this has been true for me today, and understand my words. He said to me, Robert, he called me Bob. He said, Bob, I'd never known a per person who was honestly and actively involved in service who has relapsed. Again, understand what I'm saying here. Honestly and actively involved in service relapse. Now, let me break this down for you so, so we fully understand what I'm saying here. Honestly means I've taken my inventory. I know what my motives are. This is what it means to me. You find out what it means to you. I understand what my motives are. I'm working the program of recovery as I understand it, as it has been explained to me in, in what I would call the first 164 pages of the big book, and then actively. So I haven't taken a break, right? Doesn't mean I do the same thing every day. Service is many different opportunities, comes in many different shapes and sizes and windows. Sometimes service is going into a jail or an institution. Sometimes service is talking to that newcomer at the end of the meeting or now with social media that we have is so prevalent. Sometimes service is going to a recovery center. Sometimes service is being kind to someone you have never met because kindness is how we receive. Again, doing unto others as we would want others to do unto us. And so Jack told me then and there, the key to permanent or lifelong recovery is to honestly and actively serve others. That is the golden rule, doing unto others. And what is service? Service is very simply the supplying or supplying of utilities or commodities, right? We are a commodity, such as water, right? From a practical sense, that is considered a utility, a service. Electricity, gas, that's power that we need. Water is sustenance. Electricity or gas is power to ramp up other things that we need in our life. Could be food, could be whatever, but it's, it's required or demanded by the public, or in this case, an individual, because we, others have a need, just like we have a need. You know, my recovery is in place because others served me. And again, I mentioned Buddy, Slow Will, of course, Jack Fisher, 
Scott Shields, Steve M, Fast Eddie P, Texas Mike, Doc Irv, Abe, Tom Bennett, Goosebump Jerry, you name it. They were serving me, Pete the Greek, countless people, many of which I don't remember their names. I can't remember, but I, I remember them. I remember their service. I remember their caring to me. I remember them understanding if they want to have something done unto them, then part of their bargain there is to honestly and actively do unto me to be of service, right? And it also means to be useful or to be used by servants. I need to be used up, right? You've heard me say it before, and I'll continue to say it, that it's it's scientifically, scientifically impossible, and spiritually as well, and mentally as well, and knowledge as well, it is impossible to fill a cup that is full. You feel me? If I want to be filled, I must first be emptied. Just like if I'm to learn anything, I've never met a good teacher who wasn't a very good student. You know, Maslow said, Abraham Maslow said, he who rules with a hammer views everyone as a nail. Gandhi said, we cannot do wrong in one department of life while attempting to do right in another department. Life is one indivisible whole. So as I'm looking to teach, I'm looking to be taught. Winston Churchill in 1952 said, everyone wants to be, everyone wants to learn, but no one wants to be taught, right? Every, in other words, everyone wants to receive, but do you want to give? I've said it often enough. And, and we hear about it, about people who, who piss and moan and complain and bang their spoon on the table of, why isn't this happening to me? Why don't I get this? Why don't, and I remember that attitude and I fight against it today because my ego wants to say that I'm better than you, that I deserve something even though I haven't given it, right? This is where honestly and actively come into play. Just because I'm active in service doesn't entitle me because certain things aren't up to me. Certain things aren't negotiable for exchange. It's not a, a tit for tat. Well, I did this, I did that, I did the other. So therefore I should get this, that, or the other. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes I don't know how something is returned. I just know it is going to be. And if I'm focused on a particular way of expectation of how I ought to receive that back, I may have received it, but I don't see that I got it, right? <laughs> like email, I'm just reminded of email. Sometimes I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send out something, and I just had this happen the other day with Access, the, the application for concerts and things, A. XS. And my son Rob and I have um, season tickets to Real Salt Lake. We're, we're big soccer fans. And so they sent me a response and I'm looking, I'm thinking, I didn't get the response and I'm starting to get upset. Why didn't they send this back to me? <laughs> and then I looked over in my spam folder. They had sent it to me three times, right? Because I sent, 
a reminder, resend, resend, and resend. Actually, four times in the original plus three resends. And it wasn't that they didn't do it. It's just that I wasn't looking in the right place. It was rather embarrassing and rather foolish. And I thought, what a knucklehead. But it's, it's even as simple as that. So are we looking in the right place? Because again, the, the law of the universe, the law of God, the law of reciprocity, I don't even say that word, of, of reciprocal, the law says that if I put something out, I will get that back. Because if I understand the art of giving, of doing unto others, I do it because it's the right thing to do. One of the things I've learned about character and about being a good person is we are a good person because being a good person is the right thing to be. One of the most valuable lessons I ever learned in relationships is understanding. There's this great book that Laura and I read. Laura's my wife, and whether you know it or not, we'll be married 33 years this May 27th. And and I met Laura two and a half years into my recovery after my dad had died. And what a miracle she is in my personal life. And And so we read this book because there was a time our marriage you know, I tell people we've been married almost 33 years and, and 30 of them have been pretty doggone good because at about year three, I wasn't giving, I wasn't doing unto her to meet her need. Therefore, my needs weren't being met. Same way with recovery, same way with life, because that's what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about living. Hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast You've already decided you're not going to drink or use or engage in that other negative behavior, right? Because that's an area I don't have the ability to help you in. You have to understand and recognize your bottom. You have to know for you when you are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Only then, right? It says in the big book of AA, it says that we had to admit to our innermost self that we were alcoholic. This is the first step in recovery. And then, we admitted we are powerless over alcohol and our life had become unmanageable. Same type of thing, whatever your disorder or behavior or addiction to a substance is. We we have to say enough is enough. And, and you can only say that for you, right? You can tell me who you are, but I can't tell you who you are because regardless of what I say or how I say it, until you agree with it, it's not true, right? And that's just all about self-talk. Anyway, so we got this great book and it's called His Needs, Her Needs. And in that book, it describes the five needs of a man and five needs of a woman. Matter of fact, if you're involved in any relationship that's important to you, you'll you'll want to consider picking up this book, His Needs, Her Needs, and you can find it on Amazon. It is unbelievable. It revolutionized not only the relationship I have with Laura, but it was so consistent with my with my approach to recovery. So here you go. The five needs that you may have or Laura has and I have and that we have in common, right? That word common means humanity, means human. You experience these things because you are human as I am human and you are frail as I am frail. And the basic needs, the basic building blocks of life are stamped into our common DNA. That's just how it is. 
So you may, we may think that there are differences that separate us, but when you and I sit down and talk uh, and discuss and share, the similarities are overwhelming. And all of a sudden, the things that are different don't seem to matter as much. So, so the five needs that Laura has that most females or significant others have, uh, I need to approach and I need to do whether or not Laura reciprocates. Now, of course she does because she has the same mindset and approach that I have. And so I am meeting these needs and attempting to meet these needs in her life regardless of whether or not she's reciprocating. Now, it's common sense that when she sees me giving, and I'm going to own this whole thing, when she sees me giving, her natural healthy response is going to meet my need as well. And that again, that's just the law of the universe, the law of uh, uh, reciprocal nature of exchange, but it starts with me doing unto her. And what Jack was trying to teach me when he said, honestly and actively involved in service, he's never known anyone to relapse. This has been true for me in my life in almost 36 years of personal recovery. Service has been foundational to my wellness. Every person that I mentioned to you is either living in a modality of service or they died serving others, each and every one of those people. And I can honestly tell you today, I have never known anyone to relapse who has lived by this golden rule of doing unto others. Because what's down in the well comes up in the bucket, as my friend once said. If I want to receive, and who doesn't want to receive, I must first, and without expectation, give. In order to be served, I must serve. Because while I am serving, I'm doing so with an honest approach to have something to serve. Let me, let me share this with you, and it's a great ideology. It's a great mindset. It says, once again, but obviously you, tra- you can't transmit something that you haven't got. So here's the deal. For me to serve and to serve a value, I must create the value in me. Does that make sense? It, it, it's like a prep cook, a line cook, Right? They prep the food, they serve the food, they cook it to the right temperature, they make it presentable on the plate. So when it comes to that table, it's appetizing. It's 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 like what a person ordered, right? If I order eggs benedict with salmon and you send me out over medium with hash brown, I look at that and say, well, it's kind of like what I wanted, but you didn't prep properly. So if I expect to receive a positive and fulfilling response from God of my own understanding or from others or from the universe at large, I must give out 
what I hope and expect and desire to get back. So that brings me to the honest part. So every day I do the best I can to be the best possible version of me so I have something to share with others, an energy, an excitement, a desire to do better in every walk of life. Isn't that, I hope that's how you do it, right? Otherwise, who wants stale water? If I have an opportunity to drink from a brook or drink from a stagnant lake, what do you think I'm going to choose? The answer is obvious. I'm going to take a cup of water from the brook because the water's running, the water's fresh, the water's being filtered by the rock and by the sand. And that's what I want to be. So part of doing unto others is being that person that others would want to receive from. So there's a commitment, there's an obligation. I don't do just to get a star and say, well done, you superficially gave today, because if that's the case, I will superficially receive. And that will not feed me. It's like eating food with no value. It's like eating corn. No, I need to eat protein. I need to eat some carbohydrates, some good carbohydrates that are my fuel, that feed my body, that give me a good immune system to fight off negativity as the world in its natural state would present from time to time. Doing unto others is critical to my personal recovery. And I would suggest it is, it is critical to our recovery at large. There's an adage, and you may have heard it before, and this is universally applicable, that the newcomer is the most important person in the room. And I heard a long time ago that that wasn't true. And here's why that is not true. If the newcomer was the most important person in the room, then we would view recovery or wellness as a giant furnace that needs new coals just to keep it going. The fact is those of us who are already here, if we don't do the best we can for ourselves day in and day out, there's not going to be anyone here when the newcomer arrives. So in order for me to do unto others, I must have something of substance to give unto them. That is the honest approach to do for me the best I possibly can. And that's the challenge for me and for you, if you accept it, that when we go to give, that when we go to share with the universe, with our higher power, with someone, whether we know them or we don't know them, where it's someone specific or recovery at large, sharing in a meeting, you don't know who's listening, who's not. You don't know who needs to hear that, who doesn't. We just share. We just give because it's the right thing to do. It is only then when we share a value, when we do unto others with value, that we are reciprocated with like value. The golden rule is the principle of treating others as one wants to be treated. 
I hope that is your reproach, your approach to living and your personal recovery. Give, give, give. And when you don't think you can do or give anymore, give a little bit more and watch the results. And if we approach it honestly and actively, here's my challenge to you. If you do this, if you take this challenge and you don't get back, please reach out to me and let me know. When you do receive back, reach out to me and let me know. You know, we got broken apart, but we get whole together. And that's what the mission of Recovery Guy is all about, becoming whole one day at a time for the rest of our life. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you understand the value and the power of doing unto others as we expect to receive. And as always, my name is Robert and I am the recovery guy.